Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's race book has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the Racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our Racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service, bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. Celebrating over two decades of consecutive broadcasts on the great game of horse racing in Las Vegas. The Race Day Las Vegas show thanks all of our listeners and sponsors for your appreciated support. The following is a Race Day Las Vegas presentation in association with Sirocco Productions Limited on the Race Day Las Vegas radio network. from the gaming capital of the world, time for Race Day Las Vegas, covering the sport of kings with a Las Vegas perspective. Now to the race desk with your host, Ralph Sirocco. From the backstretch to the turf flow, at the race books and on the internet, to all horse players around the world, a good morning. All righty, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another week of the Race Day Las Vegas radio program coming to you live and direct from the South Point studios at the South Point Hotel Casino on this fabulous strip in Las Vegas, Nevada. We come to you, of course, uh, live from these studios and, and of course, uh, over a multitude of platforms that include our radio station, our base here in Las Vegas, KSHP 1400 AM, Sports Talk 1400 AM, and 107.1 as well, FM. And, of course, all of our platforms on streaming on the Internet, like our websites, racedaylasvegas.com, .vegas.world, .global, we got them all. And, of course, uh, the KSHP website as well. And, of course, the KSHP apps that you can have for your devices, your iPhones, Androids, get the KSHP app. You can listen to us uh, on your devices. And, and of course, uh, the uh, South Point YouTube station here as well. Just go to YouTube, hit South Point Studios, and you'll be able to see us and hear us. And we uh, really ask you to, if you would, to subscribe while you're there. It's free, free of charge, subscribing to the uh, South Point Studio site on YouTube. So however, wherever, whenever you got us, Welcome to the Race Day Show for this Wednesday as we begin our run through the Christmas holiday. want to give you the schedule of these, uh, uh, these uh, shows now for this week because we vary a little from our normal Wednesday 
through Sunday during this two-week period of the holiday. So as far as our shows are concerned, here's how they'll go. Of course, we're here today, Wednesday. We will have our shows Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of this week. We will not have a show on Sunday, Christmas Eve, nor obviously on Monday, Christmas Day. However, we're going to kick in right after Christmas Day because it's the opening of Santa Anita and so many other racetracks that are taking a holiday sabbatical this week. They'll be up and running, of course, as soon as the holiday is over. So on Tuesday, the 26th, we will have a show. And then we're on a seven-day run. We go from Tuesday, the day after Christmas, the 26th of December, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, New Year's Eve, and Monday, New Year's Day. And then, of course, we'll take a couple of days off. We won't be here on Tuesday the 2nd. And we will not have a show on Wednesday, January 3rd, which is our normal schedule of Wednesday through Sunday. So there's a couple of variations in there. We'll have a show on Tuesday, the day after Christmas. We won't have a show on Wednesday, the third day of January of the new year. Hopefully uh, you can get all that scheduling down. But there's an, uh, there's an uh, absolutely a cornucopia of, of sporting events going on, including all the college basketball, I mean, college basketball, pro basketball. You got the college football well into the bowl season. And, of course, crunch time in the NFL for the NFL as well. And, of course, day after Christmas, all the racetracks that are on a sabbatical this week will be back in business for sure. Uh, of course, uh, the opening of Santa Anita. Uh, they say the Christmas gift that race players open the day after Santa Anita's opening day on Tuesday, the 26th. So I hope you get, you get your schedules uh, set with us. We want to enjoy the holiday with you as well. So on today's show, we're going to have Jonathan Hardoon. We're going to have uh, Rich Ang. We're going to have Jerry Jackowitz and John Lendo, just like we always do. Of course, uh, most of the tracks these handicappers cover are not uh, racing this week. They're having the uh, holiday week off. Uh, But uh, Tampa Bay is running today, and, of course, Jonathan Hardoon has a Tampa Bay sheet. So we'll get a pick out of them for Tampa Bay. We asked Rich Eng to come on because we have an opportunity today with a little time not covering on racing. But ask uh, Richie about uh, his thoughts about the uh, special games during the college bowl season and, of course, anything else he wants to talk about in football as we make our way through a, a bevy of football games throughout this holiday season. John Lenda will be with us to kind of preview what's going to happen at Santa Anita. The big Santa Anita day of racing the day after uh, Christmas has uh, quite a few stakes races. And we'll talk to John about uh, what they expect, what uh, looking ahead to the Santa Anita meeting. And of course, Jerry Jackowitz is going to be along. He tells me to give us some betting strategy, whatever that might mean. In any case, that's what we got on the show today, but we'll have a, Pick from Tampa Bay from uh, Jonathan from you, that's for sure. As far as the weather, it's a little bit warmer here in the mornings, not quite down into the 30s. Right now, about uh, 12 minutes after 7 a.m. Pacific time here in Las Vegas, it's 44 degrees. And as the uh, the weather map uh, shows us here in Vegas, we're going to get up to uh, 68 degrees now. We do have a chance of some rain later on in the week, about Friday or Saturday, right in there. But it's a one-day deal. It'll get through us real quick in case you're planning on uh, maybe coming to uh, Las Vegas for a little bit of a holiday uh, sabbatical, a holiday treat from your work and uh, errands as well. And, of course, around the country, 
Uh, the weather looks pretty good as well. Miami is uh, 72. You got New York at 48. Phoenix, Arizona, usually the hottest place on the map, 73 degrees. It's going to be nice out there today. So all in all, let's see, Chicago, 42 degrees, not bad. So that's the way the weather looks uh, right now. And as far as uh, any uh, precipitation, et cetera, uh, we can see that uh, most of it is in the central and northern part of California and over Arizona. Otherwise, the rest of the country is clear. So whatever racing is out there, and we do have a racing menu today. There are some tracks running. Should be uh, fast and firm and no problem with the racing conditions around the country. Do want to remind everybody about the, something that's really special going on here at the South Point. Uh, you need to get a club card. When you come here, the club card is the one that uh, gains points from you for your activity and in, in, uh, uh, wagering, etc. Well, from now until December 18th, I believe, or no, I think it's until uh, uh, December 22nd. Anyhow, from now, uh, I know it's on now. From now uh, through uh, the duration here, you can do anything on the property here as far as restaurants, uh, hotel rooms, shows, and even the gift shop. You use your points, and you get 50% off of your bill. 50% off of your bill, whatever you have in all of these locations here on the South Point, as a, a Christmas gift to you. I think it's great. I think they're doing a great job with that. That's for sure. All righty. Well, we're going to take our first break, and when we come back, we'll be doing your racing menu and all the other good stuff, so don't go away. We begin this holiday week here at the South Point Studios on the Race Day Show, and don't forget, go to YouTube, get to the South Point Studio page while you're watching us, while you're hearing us. Subscribe. We'll be right back. Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's Racebook has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the Racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our Racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service, bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. Back on Race Day Las Vegas for this Wednesday, and um, all I can say is that uh, there is a little bit of an af aftermath off of that uh, disqualification at uh, Aqueduct and the Great White Way uh, stakes the other day, uh, so much so that uh, even the connections were thinking about taking the racetrack and the uh, adjudication of that uh, particular race to court, but they were told not to. In any case, Jonathan Arduno, of course, is going to have a follow-up maybe on, on that and uh, a few other things. So why don't we get to right now to the uh, racing menu for today. And we will start 
here with, uh, we got, uh, what, I think seven tracks on our menu today. We begin with uh, Parks Racing. Parks Racing has a pick six, a pick five, a park pick five jackpot. Parks Racing's pick five jackpot is uh, $330,281. I'm just going to give you the, the first one. $330,281 in the pick five jackpot at Parks Racing. Their first post time is 9.05. Next comes Tampa Bay Downs. Tampa Bay Downs has a pick six jackpot carryover, $6,123. $6,123 is the Tampa Bay carryover, and that first post time is 9.30. Then we move to Mahoning Valley Racecourse. Mahoning Valley Racecourse has a pick six jackpot carryover, $4,805. Their first post time is 9.45. Following that, we go to Delta Downs. Delta Downs has a first post time of 10.55. 10.55 at Delta. Following that, we go to um, Zia Park. Zia Park back on the menu here in Las Vegas. Zia Park's first post time is 11.05. Zia Park's first post time, 11.05. And then we go to, to uh, Turfway Park. 2.55, first post at Turfway Park. They got a nice little pick six jackpot carryover of $15,671. $15,671 in the Turfway Park pick six jackpot carryover. And uh, they also have a super high five carry over there today of $1,419 and a first post time at uh, Turfway Park at 255. And then we round it up with Penn National. Penn Nat, as we call it, first post time is 3 o'clock at Penn National. A small super high five jackpot carry over there of $308. And that is your seven track menu of racetracks available for today. And as we move through the week, uh, tomorrow we'll have six racetracks on the menu. Friday we'll have six racetracks on the menu. And then Saturday, uh, the day before Christmas Eve, just five racetracks. And, of course, we'll be off on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Time now to go to Jonathan Hardoon, Stand by. Jonathan, good morning. Ralph, you uh, put the hat, the cowboy hat away till next year's rodeo. Yeah, well, no, you right? know, the, the national finals rodeo is gone. And, uh, you know, all the cow, there's some of them that are still hanging out. They're going to be here for Christmas, you know, some, because that's the end, that's their Super Bowl. So that's the end of their season for a while. And, uh, yeah, but it was a lot of fun having those guys in town. It really was. It's, it was a real blast. Uh, and by the way, that uh, 50 cent off with your club card goes through December 18th. I checked December 18th. So if you have a club card and you got points, Anything you do here in the, in the place, except, of course, for the actual gambling on the, the machines or sports or horses, uh, you, you're, you're, uh, the uh, drinks are just $2, so you can use your club card and get them for a buck. They're only $2 now f- throughout the uh, till, uh, New Year's. And, of course, uh, all of the other things, the great restaurants they have here and, and, and the gift shop. You can go and get uh, gifts, and it's 50% off. Use your points, 50% off. It's great. No, no doubt about it. Don't forget it. free parking, Ralph. Free parking. Well, that you don't need your points for that. You, you, your car just pulls in here and they welcome it. It's free parking anywhere here. All the time, free parking. Can't beat that. All right, Jonathan. Here's the, right, the, the ongoing deal with the Great White Way Stakes. I understand that the connections we're thinking about taking uh, the, the stewards and, and the uh, judges uh, for the adjudication of the disqualification to court, and then they were talked out of it. Well, they wanted to appeal the call to begin with. But yeah. in New York, 
there's something called the Racing Gaming Association, whatever it is, and they have the most power out of all the groups. They have more power than Naira. They tell Naira what to do, and uh, they said they will not accept any appeals, so that closed that. But the owners, you know, gracefully bowed out. I don't know, you know, I guess they just didn't think it was worth the fight to go to court or whatever. But they, you know, they said uncle and they surrendered. And it's a terrible thing, Ralph. You know, a lot of these things, after a day or two, it dies down and you forget about it. But not so fast on this one. This was really bad. And then Naira, of all the nerve, you talk about chutzpah. Well, they go and they hand Junior Alvarado a three-day suspension off of their ridiculous call. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure he could, uh, he could definitely argue that, you know, he could appeal that and uh, I don't know if he'll win or whatever, but to give him three days after they blew the call, that's ridiculous. Well, now let's, let's uh, refresh everybody's memory on this. It was a stakes race for a half a million dollars for New York breads. It was the uh, New York stallion Stakes series, the great white way division. Uh, you gave out a horse in that race that actually won the race. Okay. That horse finished second. The horse in question in the, in the inquiry was the horse that finished third that affected uh, the third and fourth place uh, finish, uh, finishers as well. And, uh, and a lot of money, not only bet, uh, not so much on the win it was affected, but in exactus, trifectus and superfectus. And here's the deal. When they put up the inquiry, they were looking at an incident they thought was uh, with the winner that might have come out a little bit and put somebody in tight to get uh, the victory. The horse that finished first, which was the horse that you had, of course, uh, gave out, and it was a 1460 winner in the end. But nevertheless, that was the incident that the public and everybody else thought that the judges were looking at, that instance to see if there was uh, warrant uh, disqualification. Then they get into viewing the videotapes, all of the uh, all of the videotapes they had like uh, four or five different uh, you know angles on it, and they come up with the horse that finished second in the race somehow or another caused another horse uh, a fair chance at a position, and so after reviewing the videotapes, decided to disqualify that horse out of the money, which for the folks who bet exactus trifectus. And superfectus affected them if they had that horse in that. Now, here's the thing. While this, uh, this, this viewing of all these videotapes was going on, they never announced that the 12 horse that finished second was now involved also in the inquiry. And so it, was, it even shocked the track announcer. He said, well, there's going to be a change in position. We'll let you know in a minute. And it was like nuts. I mean, you know, you got to keep uh, the betting uh, people informed. They blew it from the beginning, Ralph. When you have a, you know, a, a questionable call going into a turn where everybody's crowded and, they, you know, fault could fall on a lot of horses, they should have been blinking the entire board. They were only blinking the one. And by the way, that was a long foul. You knew something was going to happen because if, if it's a quick decision, it comes down right away and they announce it. But when it's flashing and you're hitting seven minutes and eight minutes, this was almost 15 minutes. And they didn't flash anyone else on the board except the winner. Then they say the winner stays, and about two minutes later, but the 12 horse who finished second is coming down. Uh, it's just what they did was really unconscionable. I just, I, I, I'm telling you, I've been doing this for 50 years, Ralph. That's about as bad a call as you'll ever see. And like you said, usually uh, calmer heads pre 
prevail. You know, you calm down, you, you go to dinner, you go come the next day, and you're approaching the races the next day with a clean slate, a clean uh, frame of mind. But this thing has lingered. And yeah. uh, I got to tell you, a lot of people in racing, and we're not just talking about uh, angry players that might have gotten disqualified out of cashing a bet. We're talking about players in general. We're talking about people who are in the industry, horsemen, etc. And a lot of the announcers and and the uh, you know the all of the announcers and the analysts on many of the different uh, racing cable shows were voicing universally the same thing. This was awful. It was horrible. It was horrible, and it was a ma- it was a stake race. It was a five hundred thousand dollar race. So it wasn't like on a Wednesday afternoon at Aqueduct, some ten claimer. This was a race that was one of the feature races on the card. Everybody was paying attention. It was a lot of money for some horses that really aren't very good, to be honest with you. It was the New York Sire Stakes, and it, it was to promote Sire State, you know, New York bread races or whatever. And the idea was great. So everyone was paying attention to the race. So everybody saw it. It's not like, again, like a quiet race uh, on the ninth race on a Wednesday afternoon. And it was the feature race, and it was such a a bad call. It was just horrible. And their reasoning behind it was that the 12-horse leaned in. What the hell does that mean? They they interviewed ex-jockeys. I mean, there wasn't one person that thought the call was right. You know, usually you'll get everybody will have an opinion, but you'll never see a case where everybody agrees that the call was ridiculous. So, listen, you know, these people are very powerful. They never get fired. They can make all the mistakes they want. And and Naira, in general, has a bad reputation because you have the Ortiz brothers that ride here all year, and I ride Ortiz is always in the middle of it. And whether it's right or wrong, you know, that's not the discussion, but they always attract attention. And this was really bad. You know, somebody really should be fired. I'm not in into firing people, but this was so bad that somebody has to pay for this. You can't just let this go and, and nothing happens. Well, you're talking about, uh, you know, accountability and right. all, yeah. although maybe not firing a guy, maybe reprimanding him for in some well, way or, or for a week, yeah, something. Yeah. At least show that you care about the people. You can't just, uh, nothing happens. It's going to happen again next week. Then the same nonsense will continue unless there's some sort of repercussions for what happened, and there just isn't. And, you know, uh, this is this is going along uh, pretty much in sports as well because I hear a lot of uh, players out here that bet the NFL that say uh, the adjudicating and the, the officiating in a lot of the NFL games with the referees, uh, they're like they're blowing, uh, you know, calls that they should have, and, and, and they sometimes there's mis- mystery calls. The offsides in the Kansas City game when Mahomes went crazy. I mean, do you remember that 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 play that that yeah. they called back the yeah. touchdown? The guy was offsides by. I mean, it was an offensive offsides, not yeah. even defense. I mean, you right. know, and he went crazy and he blasted the officials. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe well, it's I, a power these people's heads or whatever it is, but you got to use a little common sense along the way. Yeah, well, he he, it, you talk about accountability and reprimanding. He got a hundred thousand dollar fine for that, and so did the. Uh, yeah, and so did the uh, coach. They both, uh, yeah. you know. Can we get fined, Ralph? But, is Naira going to fund us? <laughs> yeah, I, I just want Naira to re- repay all the people that had the twelve horse that now have losing tickets. Maybe that'll yeah. help. <laughs> In any case, but. You know, we, we criticize because we have a right to when we participate in this game, whether you participate as a player in football 
uh, and I'm talking about players, gamblers, people are betting their money, or you're participating as a player in in horse racing, you have a right to complain. And hopefully, uh, we'll just take it at that. We just have a right to complain, that's for sure, and it'll go on. I do want to make one footnote on that particular race, though. That race was for two-year-olds. Now, two-year-olds are very inexperienced. A lot of them only had a race or two. And uh, I know that um, a lot of the stewards, especially the ones in Southern California, will give a little more more latitude to a horse bumping or brushing another horse or maybe pushing, et cetera, when they're two-year-olds because they're inexperienced and hadn't had a lot of racing, you know, experience. So that also came into play, I thought. Yeah, well, listen, we say it on the show all the time. They should have a replay center like they do in other sports. They should do the same thing for horse racing, make it in black and white so the stewards don't know the colors and who the players in the game are, and make calls from there. Have This way, they'll be consistent. You can't have California have different rules than New York, and New York have different rules than Florida. It has to be the same rules for everybody. This way, if you have one replay center and one set of stewards, they'll get to make all the calls, and that's it, and people will live with it. You can't have different rules in different jurisdictions. It's just not fair. Well, uh, that is absolutely for sure. But you know you know one thing? Uh, players are the most hardy people on the face of the earth. They'll take it, and then uh, they'll, back, uh, they'll be back playing. And i got to tell you, even in, in uh, you know, like we're talking about uh, football, uh, the state of Kentucky – just started uh, bringing in uh, legalized sports wagering on the NFL this year. And uh, in the brick-and-mortar places, they had it, you know, with apps and all, but in the brick-and-mortar places and the racetracks are really enjoying an uh, uptick with uh, the handling all that with sports betting at those tracks and hopefully the exposure for people who are at the brick-and-mortar tracks to maybe participate uh, in horse racing. This, uh, This might help overall, that's for sure, for racing. Well, that was the whole plan when they put, you know, uh, casino gambling in and they were using that money and and subsidizing purses. They were hoping that people would go to the casino and also play some horses. The problem is after a couple of years, they realized that "Ah, maybe we don't need the horse racing anymore and they're stopping to do that. So that's not good. The idea of allowing sports betting and casino betting is to help horse racing, not hurt it. Yeah, they have to be really careful about that. That's for sure, because... uh... Although horse racing, the complexion of the game is changing a little with it it doesn't get the daily uh, attendance, maybe the daily handle that they normally did. And, you know, the racetracks are backing up from five days a week, a lot of them to four days a week, and a lot of them from nine races to eight and seven. But the the thing is that when we have major racing days and big racing pools, et cetera, they still come out. People still come out and want to play this great uh, sport of kings, that's for sure. But for today... On a Wednesday, for all of our loyal horse-playing folks that'll be out here in the book, etc., we're looking for a little, uh, you know, little jingle change here. So, are you going to give me a horse at uh, Tampa Bay today? I will, and it comes in the fifth race today, Ralph. It's a maiden claiming event. It, it's not a big price horse, but it's a single for your late pick. It's the anchor of your early pick five and the beginning of your late pick five. You could single. Number three, Hollywood close-up. Uh, this is a three-year-old gelding from the Kathleen O'Connell barn. Samuel Marin aboard to ride. This horse has been on the dirt, on the turf for uh, synthetic until his last two races. And either he switched to the dirt two races back. Either one of his last two races win this race and win it easily. His last race was at Tampa. He's listed at five to two on the morning line. But he is a single closing and starting in today's fifth race, the pick five early and late. 
And that uh, fifth race horse, number uh, three, Please. Hollywood close-up. Is that the deal, buddy? Yes, sir. Five oh. to two. All right. <laughs> We're going to get the Hollywood close-up there. That's for sure. The three in the fifth race today at Tampa Bay. By the way, uh, Tampa Bay, I know you uh, do that sheet a lot. Uh, good racing down there? It is. It is. And, uh, you know, uh, they have full field, so that's good. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, it's okay. It's certainly okay. And uh, the, 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 the turf racing down there, especially at this time of the year when you don't have a lot of turf racing all over, the turf course is really in good shape. Yeah, people were shipping there last year from Gulfstream. That's how much they liked the turf course. I mean, you had Clement, Chad Brown, high-profile connection, Pletcher shipping and running on the turf with their maidens because they liked the turf course there. So that's a good thing. All right, Jonathan, I want to thank you so much for spending a little bit more time with us. But uh, we needed to get you on your soapbox. You know, we haven't had you on your soapbox for a couple of weeks. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> relax and enjoy. It's got to be something to get on the box about. Otherwise, it's, you know, yeah. it's got to be something from the heart, Ralph. Uh, what can I tell you? All right, my man. Take care, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Ralphie. Stay safe and be well, my friend. All right, folks. When we get back, I'm going to tap Rich Ang on the shoulder because uh, along with uh, horse racing, a little like this week. There's plenty of football going on, and we are in the bowl season to our next i mean it's it's great stuff the bowl season college uh, ba- uh, college football i should say well we got basketball too and of course uh, the nfl coming down to crunch time for the playoffs we have a thought or two from mitch ang our sports handicapper as well as a horse handicapper richie will be with us right after this don't go away want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book south point casino's race book has the answer Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the Racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our Racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service, bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. Back on this Wednesday, Race Day Las Vegas radio program as we get into crunch time, trying to get all those Christmas gifts wrapped and bought and under the tree by uh, Christmas Day. And uh, it's certainly uh, going to be uh, fun here in Las Vegas because uh, right after Christmas, this town busts wide open, of course, for the run-up to uh, New Year's. And a lot of action on the gridiron as well. We're going to go to Rich Ang right now for a little uh, help on that. Richie, good morning. Hey, good morning, Ralph. Well, now, Richie, I know you wanted to talk about a game that happened that uh, was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. on Monday, uh, there was the, I think it was the famous Toastery Bowl in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, it was between Western Kentucky and Old Dominion, uh, the game between basically two, you know, uh, pretty, you know, 
under the radar type football teams. But anyway, uh, the opening line on the game was Old Dominion minus two and a half. And then very late, uh, right before the game started, Ralph, it was announced that the Western Kentucky record-setting quarterback, Austin Reed, was not going to start. So the line zoomed from minus two and a half to minus seven. And just on principle alone, I, I bet Western Kentucky at plus seven. And hope, you know, with, and I'd done a little research with the idea that the backup quarterback, his name was Turner Helton. He's the son of uh, the, the coach at Western Kentucky and the nephew of Clay Helton, former uh, USC coach. Uh, this kid was ready to play. So anyway, uh, I bet Western Kentucky at plus seven. I'm watching the first quarter, and uh, Turner Helton had this deer-in-the-headlight look, Ralph. Two plays in particular, he had a sack, fumble, scoop and score for Old Dominion, and then he threw a horrendous pass that was intercepted and run back for a touchdown. By the middle of the second quarter, it was Old Dominion 28, Western Kentucky nothing. So I turned off the television set and started doing some other things, Ralph, uh -huh. and then toward the end of the game, I figured, well, let me see what the final score is. I turned on the TV set, and the score is 35-21, Old Dominion. I, and I'm thinking, I got a chance to push. And uh, so it was just uh, halfway through the fourth quarter, Western Kentucky scored. They, they, by the way, uh, Turner Helton was pulled from the game in the second quarter. The third-string quarterback, uh, who had not taken a snap all year, was playing the game of his life. And he led this big comeback for Western Kentucky. So anyway, Western Kentucky scores to make it 35-28. Now, now I'm in a push position, which I would be thrilled after losing 28 to nothing. And um, Old Dominion had a short field goal try, which would have iced the game. And the kick was blocked. The field goal was blocked. Western Kentucky comes down the field in the last two minutes. And then they got into the red zone. It was fourth and goal from the 15. And there was like 15 seconds left in the game. And this third-string quarterback throws a touchdown pass in the end zone, and they kick the point to tie the score 35. And now uh, now I can't lose because the game goes to overtime, but it was so incredible, the comeback. Then Western Kentucky ends up winning it with a game-winning field goal in overtime, 38-35. But it all goes to show you, you know, sometimes these games, you can never say that the game is over out until it's over. And so uh, that was a very lucky win for me under the circumstances. But I, I thank the third-string quarterback for the Hilltoppers. Well, I can tell you there's been a lot of that type of stuff going on in the NFL as well. Uh, these games have been uh, not as exciting with uh, gaining a lot of points because the unders seem to be, uh, you know, prominent in as far as betting over and unders this year in the NFL. But I got to tell you, there's been some unbelievable turn of events in these games. That's for sure. And a lot of backup quarterbacks uh, and sometimes even third string quarterbacks, like uh, for example, uh, the New York giants, uh, these guys are coming out and playing like they've been playing uh, all their lives. Uh, so it's uh, it's really uh, going to be a lot of fun during this season. Bowl, bowl season is upon us. And I know there's a lot of bowl games that's going on, and we won't be able to ask or ask you or tap you on the shoulder for for uh, you know each and every day as the bowl games uh, progress through. So I thought maybe uh, just for a minute or two you can talk about uh, some of the bowl games that you're really interested in seeing. Maybe not so much from a point spread, but maybe just from competition. Besides, of course, the college football championship that everybody wants to see. Well, uh, 
let me start by saying I'm going to highlight a few games that I've already bet in my pocket, Ralph, okay. for reasons. Uh, uh, when we first started talking about college football bowl games, I talked about two angles. One is motivation, you know, which teams are motivated to be there. And the second was the transfer portal, uh, which teams are really going to be decimated by the loss of a lot of key players. So uh, I actually have a, a few games that I've already bet the point spread, and then maybe we'll take a look at the last two games of the season, which is the college football playoffs. But uh, the first game I'm going to talk about real quickly is 233-234. It's the Hawaii Bowl between Coastal Carolina and San Jose State. Um, I've already bet San Jose State at minus 10. I know it's a big number, but Coastal Carolina, of all the teams, of the 82 teams in the bowl season may be the most decimated by the transfer portal. Okay. Their starting quarterback, Grayson McCall, has already transferred to North Carolina State. Right. They've lost like another 17 players to the portal, Many, most of them starters. So this is a really decimated Coastal Carolina team. And San Jose State, Ralph, is in the Mountain West. If, if people remember out there, they were one of the three teams tied with UNLV and Boise State at the top of the uh, Mountain West Conference standings, and they were left out of the championship game. And yeah. quite frankly, from what I've read, they're ticked off and uh, want to show that they should have been playing instead of either of those two teams that did play. All right, Richie, uh, what we're going to do, Richie, we're going to do is uh, I know you have a few more games to go to, and I don't want to cut you short. We still have John and Jerry to get to, but that's a good reason for you to come back not only tomorrow, but also on Friday and uh, highlight those other games you're about ready to talk about, okay? Yeah, that's fine. All right, and of course, we want your NFL pick for tomorrow night. You know, there's the Thursday night game again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be on the show uh, the, tomorrow to talk about that. Uh, I haven't made up my mind yeah, yet. Yeah, that's uh, okay. I like, to, I like to read a lot of articles, Ralph. Yeah. You know, it's amazing with the Internet, you can read articles from the two, two teams involved and really get a lot of inside information from the beat writers and also the, the people that are close to either the, either the teams. Not even a question about that, and we're going to have you keep an eye on all that good stuff for us. And, yeah, this is just a tease for tomorrow. I don't want, I don't want the pick today. I want it tomorrow. <laughs> thanks a lot, Richie. Hey, thanks, Ralph. Good luck, everybody. All right, when we come back, you know who's next, don't you? John Lindo and then Jerry Jackowitz. So don't go away. we got more on this Wednesday show. And don't forget, go to YouTube, South Point Studio, and hit subscribe. We'll be right back. Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's race book has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the Racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our Racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service, bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. Race Day Las Vegas Show, the only exclusive daily local media racing information source in Las Vegas. 
Alrighty, back on Race Day Las Vegas for this Wednesday. Before we bring John, in John Lindo, I want to remind everybody out there that there is one race this week that holds Kentucky Derby leaderboard points, and that's at uh, the fairgrounds. It'll be on uh, December 23rd, which is, of course, uh, Saturday. It is the Gunrunner Stakes uh, for two-year-olds at the fairgrounds, and it'll have uh, points of 10 uh, points to the winner, 5 second, 3 third, 2 fourth, and 1 for fifth. The only uh, race this week. Uh, before actually January 1st is the last race this year that uh, will hold uh, Kentucky Derby leaderboard points for the next year. You know what happens on uh, January 1st. All these horses turn a year older universally. So all these two-year-olds we're talking about now become three-year-olds, and then the spotlight is on them for the countdown to the first Saturday in May. So we want to keep that in mind as well. Now, as far as Santa Anita's concerned, <laughs> well, I can tell you this. Coming up uh, at Santa Anita, uh, that will be, uh, of course, uh, the day after Christmas. Opening day, they're going to have six stakes races opening day. Uh, the San Gabriel, a grade two uh, at nine furlongs on the turf. The San Antonio, a grade two on the dirt. The Mathis Mile at a mile on the turf. The Malibu Stakes, a grade one at, uh, at seven furlongs on the main track, strictly for three-year-olds. Then you have the La Brea, a grade one for the three-year-old fillies at seven furlongs. And the American Oaks, a grade one on the turf for three-year-old fillies at a mile and a quarter. So a lot of that action's going on there. Opening day, the day right after Christmas at Santa Anita. John Lendo, getting excited about opening day at Santa Anita? Hey, good morning, Ralph. Always. Uh, it's one of my favorite days of the year. I think uh, there are 11 races in the book, you know, including those six chase races you mentioned. We'll have an early first post time of 11 a.m. on Tuesday. And, uh, it, you know, it just it kind of kicks off the new year for us. And it, it, let's hope we build some momentum going into next year. And, uh, you know, we're going to get some rain today and tomorrow. Let's get that all out of town and, and be ready to go for opening day. Anything that you can ascertain from uh, the horses, you know, folks, uh, even though there's no racing and even on Christmas morning, there are people out at the track uh, uh, attending to these horses because they don't take the day off. The horses need to be fed and exercised and all that good stuff. So anything that you've been uh, managed to uh, get feedback from uh, the backstretch there at Santa Anita as far as track conditions and anything else we might need to know? Well, the turf course looks terrific. Uh, they, you know, they overseed it with rye during the winter meet, and it's it's lush green. It looks terrific. It's going to have to hold up for six months. It's a long meet out there, so they'll they'll be careful with that. And uh, you know, uh, right now there is no training track. They're still working on putting in that new tapita surface on the training track. So if we do get the rain today and tomorrow, and if they, you know, we're, we're watching what the uh, the track man does because if they have to close that racetrack. We know that you can't work on it the day after it's sealed. So uh, it's important that the horses for opening day and into the first week are able to get their proper training in. So without that training check, we need that main track. So let's hope we don't get a lot of rain today and tomorrow and that the track can remain open. Well, John, they wrapped it up at Los Alamitos on Sunday. And, and although it was a short, brief meet there, there was a lot of fun and a lot of excitement. Uh, who uh, wound up being the leading rider at the end? Oh, you know what? I don't have that information in front of me. I apologize. That's okay. I, I, was, I think, yeah, I think it might have been Juan Hernandez, but I'm not sure. Oh, Juan Hernandez. Yeah, he he wound up. Uh, did he not uh, winning the uh, last stakes race of the meet, the King Glorious with Last Call London, and uh, that guy is something else. I think he won practically every stakes race at Los Al this uh, two week meet, didn't he? 
Well, he won all the graded stakes races. Yeah, and he won he won that. I think there were what five stakes races yeah. at the beast. So he won yeah. at least four of them. Yeah. And uh yeah, he he's got a, a sassy. Went in there after the big money and he brought it home. Yeah, well, no sense. I guess he could just uh, kick back in the jocks room, read read the paper and just go out and uh, you know, win all the stakes races, I guess. And he will be of course one of the top jocks in the uh, jockey standings at San Anita. That will have a little bit of uh, fluctuation as far as uh, the normal uh, colony there. Absolutely. You're going to have Joel Rosario coming in this year. Uh, Johnny Velasquez staying in Florida. So Ron Anderson's other rider, uh, uh, Joel Rosario, will be out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frankie DeTore did not retire at the end of the year. He'll be out to ride. You have the leading rider from Woodbine, Kazushi Kimura. He's coming yeah. back out. Yeah. So we're going to have some new faces for the winter meet here. And uh, that's always interesting. We'll see how they line up against each other and how it works. Well, let's hope that the racetrack is in good condition and, and the turf course uh, remains uh, uh, durable and uh, will hold up in the long, long season ahead with us uh, with Santa Anita. And they get that uh, training track all done and ready. Uh, opening day is going to be a big day there. That's th- that's the day when all of the racing fans, all of the players get that uh, racing calendar, the calendar for the next year. And I got to tell you, that's the most popular calendar given anywhere any time for race players. I've got one, Ralph. They're really nice. And uh, if you get a chance to pick one up and, uh, you know, I know a few of our friends over there at the South Point had, had copies out there too. So uh, we're going to see that opening day. And we go back to that traditional pick six for the long Santa Anita meet. It's a dollar wager. Uh-huh. We're going to have uh, that $3 all turf pick three, which was proving pr- pretty popular. It worked at Keeneland and worked at the Santa Anita fall meet. That'll be here. And on Saturdays, I do think they're going to have that coast-to-coast pick five back going back and forth between their sister track at Gulfstream Park. So some different wagers at Santa Anita. They're going to raise the minimums on the trifectas and uh, the the pick threes to a dollar just to try and, again, make those payoffs a little bit better, stop flooding the the market with all the 50-cent tickets. And I think that's good for the horse players that want to cash and make a little score. Oh, uh, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I really do. I think the $1 base bet is, is really kind of uh, the good idea for, for that stuff, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, so I, I, I like the menu that we're going to have to wager on. Let's just hope the field sizes get bigger and that they hold throughout the meet. That's going to be the whole key to the meet, Ralph. I got to tell you, John, you know, uh, we're still waiting for the 800-pound gorilla there in California to uh, introduce uh, sports wagering to the racetracks because one of the biggies finally gave in. And in Kentucky, it's been, uh, you know, it's been a good windfall for the Kentucky racing because the brick-and-mortar tracks like Santa Anita would be, uh, you know, they their September and October uh, handle on horse racing improved 3.9%. And, uh, you know, you get the people in the building and uh, like here in Las Vegas, you get them in the building long enough, they're going to do other things. And, and, and certainly uh, they did that as well there. And, uh, you know, it's always nice to get those sports players introduced to our great sport of Kings. Well, you know, unfortunately in California, the Indian casinos are very strong politically. So it's going to be a tough go getting that passed. I'm sure somewhere down the line, California will have sports wagering, but I think it's going to take a little while here just because of, of how things are set up politically. It's yeah. going to be hard to get past the roadblocks. All right, John. Well, we'll, uh, we'll tap your shoulder tomorrow morning and uh, talk a little bit more about what's uh, about to happen. Uh, the Linda report for this week, a little uh, lean, right? No, I mean, uh... we're going to Florida this week. We'll do Gulfstream tomorrow through Sunday. They, they race on Christmas Eve. So I know no show Sunday, but we will have one in the, in the race book there at the South Point 
Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday from Gulfstream Park. All right, then we'll get a Gulfstream pick from you as well. Thanks a lot, John. Okay, good luck today. All right, now we're going to go to Jerry Jackowitz standing by in uh, his office uh, this morning. Jerry, good morning. Good morning, Ralph. Now, Jerry, uh, you uh, we have a little bit of time, and you wanted to talk about betting strategies today? Yeah, I think that's, in fact, that's what I'd like to do all week long is, you know, pontificate or talk about betting strategies, trying to help the guys out there uh, play a little better, think the game out a little bit better maybe, and uh, get a better sense of what betting should should do for you or what it can do for you and what it can't. Well, let's, and, get, start- um, let's get started then. Okay, let's do that. Um, so the idea, the first idea is to to understand that you can't, with betting, make yourself a winner. You have to be a pretty good handicapper to become a winner. Betting can work really well on top of that. But if you're not a good better, if you haven't learned how to handicap well or follow follow um, someone who can help you play better, um, then the betting part is not going to make a big difference. But if you can, for example, play to the point where you're uh, a break-even better, where after making 50 bets, you look at all the bets uh, against them against what they paid, and, uh, you, you broke even, then you should be making pretty good money just by betting a little bit better. And what do we want to do in betting? Well, let's say we have a two-to-one shot. Okay, that means it's winning about one out of three times. It's interesting, uh, from all the statistics I've ever read, how efficient the betting system the, the system is that when when horses are around two to one, they win about a third of the time. So you can kind of look and see, you know, um, what you're doing. And what you want to do with a two to one shot is one of two things. You either want to get five to two when you bet. It's a two to one shot, but I want to get paid five to two. Or when you want to win more than one third of the time. Either way will work. Both of them are good. And if you can do both of those items, you really start to push yourself well ahead of the game. You can build your edge from being a break-even player to maybe a dollar twenty or a dollar twenty-five, giving yourself maybe a twenty percent edge. And the way we do that is we start by, and, and this is one of several systems we will be to ideas we're going to talk over the next few days. But this is the basic one, and it's taking your win bet and taking it out of a simple basic win bet and turning it into an exotic that works for you. And how do we do that? Well, we take the horse we think, the two-to-one shot that we think can win, we put it on top in exactness, and we spread it over an array of horses. Let's say there's 10 horses in the field. The first bet we might make is the horse we like, called the one horse, the one horse, over all. That's a $9 bet. One horse over nine other horses. And then we pick out, out of that group of horses, um, the horses we think have the best chance to come in second or even upset, whatever, but the be- the bet our best of our contender lists. And on those, we start to bet more money. Now, so typically, I give out a spread, the one over the two, three, four. I don't really want you to be betting the one over the two, three, four in even weights. I want you to weight them according to handicapping and odds payouts. By doing this, 
if you're a good handicapper, break-even handicapper, which is very good, um, you're going to get a superior payoff when one of your secondary horses come in. You're also going to get a superior uh, payoff when one of the random horses in the wheel, in the all bet, come in because they get overlooked so much. This takes, you should be able to get better than two to one with this strategy, maybe using four or even five horses in the spread for extra money and having the all. How do we know that we get two to one? It's really simple. We take the, the, the horse, the one horse, and then we say the one, two, and we check the price of that exacta, and then we mark down how many $2 bets it would take to make $100. Then we do it with the three horse. Then we do it with the four horse. And then we do it with the five horse. And each time we do that, we get a number out on the right-hand side of our... So we do one over the two, one over the three, one over the four, one over the five. And we check the exact price and we see how many $2 bills, whether it's $2, $2.5, makes $100. And we to 2.1, 1.9, whatever the amount is, $6. And then we add that column up. And whatever that number is, let's say it comes out to $40. Well, then we know we're only getting, if it's $40, we're only getting three to two on our bet. And that's not a good way to make a bet. We want to get, we want to get, we don't want to spend more than $30. We want to spend $25, because if we're spending $25 to make 100, then we're getting three to one. And that's the, the, the way, that's the mechanics. It's a simple mechanical uh, thing I did, and I have done for 40 years, every single time I make a bet. I now, find out exactly how much money I, it'll take for me to bet, to make $100 on every single one of the horses in my spread. Now, Jerry, uh, that uh, typical, uh explanation you gave uh, a lot of players will sit there and say, but I'm, uh, I'm already making bets that I know some of the bets are going to lose. But I was told by a player a long time ago, and I, I keep this at heart. He's, I, I said, uh, you know, how do you play the races when I was younger? And he says, I don't play to win. I play to make money. And what he was trying to emphasize is the fact that sometimes, like you say, you need to take a four to five shot and either throw them out the door or uh, try to make the payoff with that four to five a bigger payoff. You bet okay, with to, a four to five shot. Yeah. I'm sorry. You Go bet. Ahead, you bet to make money. You don't bet to win so much, and it's kind of hard well, to understand that. But that's the crux of it. Right. Hey, Jer- well, yeah. but if you no, we got to go, sorry, Jerry. Go we got to go, Jerry. You already, you already uh, gave us a lot of time, but it's a very enjoyable, and we're going to continue this tomorrow and Friday as well. So don't go away, folks. We're uh, getting a little clinic from Jerry Jackowitz and the Jerry J's Power Pages. In the meantime, Jerry, you got to say one more thing to us, so go ahead and do it. Have a great race day, everybody. 